All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Obviously, I'm not broadcasting from where I usually broadcast. Can you hear the bounce? Can you hear the echo? Can you hear the windows? I'm surrounded by windows. And just beyond those windows are, is the, the coast of Florida and the Atlantic Ocean. I can look out and see the ocean. I'm up above the ground. I'm in a fairly fancy suite because I had to move up here. I had to. Yeah, it's a real problem. And it's, uh, it's fucking beautiful. I came down here as somebody. How's it going? I'm sorry. I'm being rude. I'm just going on and on about myself. How are you? Take a breath. Let's take a breath. All right? You all right? All right. So anyway, if you didn't know, I came down here to visit my mother. I got two weeks out from the second shot on the 22nd, which was her birthday. My brother moved down here. So I figure let's, you know, it's been a year, over a year since I saw my mother. It's been almost a year since I saw my brother and uh, his new girlfriend and my mom's boyfriend, the whole crew, my cousins, my uncle and aunt are down here. So this was the trip I decided on. But I don't know about you and I don't know if it's within your financial abilities, but I also decided never to stay at my mother's house again. I don't know if uh, any of you can understand the, the, the implications of that or what that means. But at some point I decided I don't care where I stay, just not in her house. And it's really the best decision you can make. I, I don't know what your relationship is. Even if your relationship is good, it's nice to, uh, to, to be able to just, yeah, I'll be over there in a few. I'm leaving now as opposed to wake up and be like, what's happening? Why am I seven years old again? Why am I 10 years old again? Why am I acting like a 14-year-old? Why am I mad at my mother? I'm 57 years old. This is bullshit. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to, I don't know what I want to do. Can I just, can I have coffee? Do you have coffee? Do you, you don't have coffee in the house? Seriously, you don't have coffee in the house? Holy shit. So where, I got to drive down. You know what? Never mind. I'm good. I'll go, yeah. All right. You want to deal with that? Anyway, it's been okay. But uh, let me, I'll, I'll tell you more about it. Let's, let's first you know, deal with what's, uh, what's happening on the show. Nancy Wilson is here. Nancy fucking Wilson is on this show today. Yeah, from Heart, from the rock band, from the, the mega rock band, Heart. She's one of the world's greatest uh, rock guitarists. She's in uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And oddly, after 40 years... 40 years in the game, she's finally releasing a solo album this week. And it's good. It's, I don't know what age you are or who you are, but uh, Heart played, Heart factored in, man. For me, I'm 57, Heart definitely factored in. I'm trying to think when that, I think that first album came out in 76. So junior high, I mean, come on. Steamboat Annie, Magic Man, Barracuda, all those first two or three Heart albums were just on constant rotation on am radio fm radio in my brain there's i've got some memories man i talked to her about it i talked to her about it i you know i went I, there was the drive the famous drive mark Marin's famous drive it was me dave bishop chris fisher andy perot two cars driving from albuquerque to denver mile high stadium for sunday jam two yeah Chris was driving his Maverick, a white Maverick. I believe at that time I had the shit brown Datsun B210. Why we took two cars, I don't know. But we took two cars and we we kind of like drove in, in unison 
the 10 hours to Denver. And I remember there was a disgusting, I remember I was working at the Posh Bagel back then. I was a, a manager. I must've been 16 years old. Point is we had stopped at where I worked because I was managing, I was, uh, you know, uh, managing a shift or two at this place. So I had the keys. It was a sandwich place. So we went in there before it opened, or maybe it was the night before, made a bunch of sandwiches, got, uh, you know, dressing, mayonnaise, all kinds of shit, uh, just stole it from uh, the posh bagel. And, you know, I would offer an amends or an apology, but uh, Eddie, the guy who owned the place, dead, been dead for years. So we got all this stuff in the cars and we're driving up there. And I just remember at some point between Albuquerque and Denver, Colorado, on those long strips of highway, uh, there were a food fight commenced between cars to the point where both cars were just covered in fucking Thousand Island dressing and bullshit to where we had to pull over and find a spray car wash to wash off the cars. I, I For some reason, I feel it was mostly my car because I feel like I was the one at the brunt of things. I feel like that... The container of Thousand Island was heaved to my windshield and that that we had to stop. Anyways, this is not the story. The story is we got there, Andy dropped acid, and uh, we were on the field. It was Hart. Here's, here's what I remember the lineup to be. It was Hart, UFO, the Rockets, uh, the Cars, and the fucking Nuge, if, if that's possible. So we get there, Andy's tripping, and at that time at the top, I feel like I've told this story before, but it's relevant to me seeing, that was the last time I saw Nancy Wilson, and I'm going to tell her that. I'm going to see if she remembers seeing me in the crowd of 80,000 people. But Andy just watched, there was a a giant uh, statue of a horse that was on sort of on the edge, on the rim of the stadium back then of Mile High, and Andy was pretty sure that it was galloping around the top ring of the stadium. I, I, I didn't see it. But I'm not going to argue with him. And then there was the sad girl who uh, was kind of wandering around drunk and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, somehow managed to stop at our little blanket and, and throw up. That was memorable. I have no recollection of, of the performances of any of the bands. All I remember is, you know, we had to keep an eye on Andy and that this poor girl threw up all over our stuff. Great times, huh? Remember high school? Man, so I got here a couple of days ago and... Uh, my mother has a new dog, a new little weird Shih Tzu looking thing called Perfect, who doesn't, who bit me twice and does not stop barking. Again, always, if you can, stay at a hotel or an Airbnb of some kind, as opposed to your parents, your parents, which is the French pronunciation of parents' house. Uh, this dog would not shut up, would not stop barking, but it was nice to see mom. Uh, her, her, uh, her boyfriend, John's been on good, good behavior. Some of you know him as jazz guy. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Good guy. How you doing? Good guy. What's up? How you doing? Toby, Toby, Toby. What's this? Toby, what's this? Toby, what are we doing with this? What's it? How about you? Jazz guy, John is, uh, he's good. It was, it was okay. I was actually, I actually had the fucking spin out. I, you know, Cranky John actually had to tell me to take it down a notch. I thought I was fucking handling it, man. I thought I was handling it. I was. I'm not going to, you know, I, I mean, it was actually good to see my mother. I don't know what's gone on in the last year, but I feel a little peace. I feel a little peace with all of it. I guess what we all went through and what I went through personally, maybe it just kind of, maybe the meditation. That's what I thought, man. I got to my mother's house and this dog wouldn't stop yapping. And it was a fucking, it just was nonstop. John walked me around the garden to show me, you know, how he's uh, fixed everything up. And he's you know, basically, he's almost 
kind of like cleaning, you know, the bricks out there with a toothbrush. He's he's very compulsively into managing the grounds of my mother's small house. Looks lovely. And, you know, God bless, 83 years old, something to do so he doesn't lose his mind. Terrific. But uh, I, I was very amazed at how, like, how level I, I stayed, how level. I was like, hey, it's good to see everybody. Look at that dog. It won't shut up. Didn't bother me. I thought meditation is paying off. That deteriorated. It deteriorated. My brother, we made plans to go out to dinner. My brother and his, uh, his new girlfriend live up in, you know, they're, they're, they're about an hour from here. And we're all going to go out, and my brother makes the time, 6.30, and I make the reservation, and I didn't know if John wanted to come, and I changed the reservation and finally got everything all settled up. And then uh, about an hour before, Craig, my brother, he's like, you know, we're going to be late because, uh, you know, Julia's picking up the, his girlfriend's picking up the kid. Whatever happened, but it was just sort of like, I was like, I don't want to be in the fucking middle of this, man. I didn't come down here to be a goddamn tour guide planner. Fuck it. You deal with it. You call mom. And so that tone happened. Like all of whatever I thought I was doing well out the window. And I held on to it, sadly. I held on to it until we all got to the restaurant. I, you know, I, yeah, I went the, I went the whole fucking lose my mind route. You know, I get to the restaurant at 620. We decided to keep the reservation. So Craig and his girlfriend, Julia, are not going to be there until seven. And I'm sitting there at 625 uh, to meet my mother and John, who then text me. They're like stuck at the bridge. They're going to be 20 minutes late. So imagine a normal person would have just been like, well, this is what it is. It's okay. There's no hurry, whatever. It's good. Not me. I texted my mother and said, this is fucking ridiculous. You're ridiculous. It's all fucking ridiculous. I don't need this shit. I'm probably going to leave tomorrow. I don't know where that behavior came from, but it's nice to know it's still in me. Isn't it? Isn't it? So Nancy Wilson uh, has just released her first solo album. She is obviously half, I would say half of the band Heart, but there's a bunch of people involved with Heart, but She's one of the Wilson sisters and she's the guitar playing one and she's a fucking monster on guitar. And it was kind of exciting to talk to her because uh, I go so far back with their music. It's definitely woven into my brain for sure. So this is me uh, talking to Nancy Wilson and uh, she just got, she just released her first solo album and it's, it's very good. It's a Nancy Wilson album. It's called uh, You and Me and it's out this Friday and you can get it wherever you get music. This is me talking to Nancy Wilson. So it's so great to see you. I think the last time I saw you, and correct me if I'm wrong, and tell me if you don't remember, be honest. <laughs> I think it was at Sunday Jam 2, in Denver, Colorado, at Mile High Stadium. I could be wrong. It was, I think it was you, UFO, The Cars. Wow. Ted Nugent and The Rockets. Is that possible? I think that was right. <laughs> I, I, that sounds like something that I could easily forget. Right. Could have forgotten. Is that amazing? Especially at that altitude. Right. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, one of the probably early, early, like what, 70? Yeah. Seven, maybe? Six or seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ted Nugent wore the tail. I do want to say the new album's really good. And it's, oh, it, thank you. I can't believe it's your first solo album. I kind of can't either. I don't, I don't know. I guess I was just so stuck on in the heart vortex for so long. Yeah. Doing the, all that touring and touring and touring. I can't imagine. You know, You're like a huge rock star. I am. You're huge. 
Am I huge? You were a huge rock star. I can't like I, I listened to, I listened to Dreamboat Annie last night on vinyl. Oh wow! In my in my living room. That's a good record. And, well, yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Is because I'm I don't know. We're about ten years apart, so yeah, I, was, I graduated. I was just a little baby kid. Yeah, you know. But I when, when I was in high school. I mean, when I, it's like that album was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Those first three or four records were everywhere. I mean, I graduated yeah. high school in 81, and it's just a sort of like, I, I remember listening to this in my back of my buddy's Camaro. Yeah. <laughs> Camaro. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it, and especially if it was Barracuda in a yeah. Camaro. Yeah. Oh, man, it was yeah. so good. So, but... So that's what it was. You think you were just stuck? You had never sat down and had, had were any of these songs kicking around for years in your well, mind? A couple of them. Yeah. One of them in particular called "The Dragon" was kicking around. Since that's the best song on the record for my money. Oh, you're right. You see, you see yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's got it's like got it's got like it's got all the textures that you know you kind of do, but yeah. it's also it seems like it's got like a, a kind of more like '90s Seattle thing going on in in, in the rocker parts. That's, that's when I wrote it and where I wrote it. Really, was interesting. Was in Seattle in the '90s. No shit. Um, with, you know, we came back from the '80s home to Seattle in the <laughs> you '90s. You came back from the '80s like, like it was a week. I came back from that week, the eighties, from those eighties, <laughs> that that little roaring eighties excursion, uh-huh. and then you know we we went to Seattle and we met those guys, who all the rock stars, oh, yeah. you know, from Seattle. My friend Kelly Curtis, my dearest buddy of all time, mm. was managing Pearl Jam mm-hmm. even before Pearl Jam was Pearl Jam, and and when Andrew Woods from the previous version of Pearl Jam, yeah, uh, he OD'd. And we all met up at this Seattle house. Kelly said, "Come meet my friends. Yeah, come to see. You know, you're home now. Yeah. Come and meet these cool guys. Oh, and they're all kids. So yeah, so it was you know Soundgarden and Pearl uh-huh. Jam and Screaming Trees and uh-huh. you know everybody. Lanigan, Lanigan, and Mark Arm and all those guys. Mark Arm. Yes. If so. you order, if Mark Arm's funny. I've talked to him too. I love Mark Arm, but he works over yeah. Sub Pop. Like if you yeah. order records from Sub Pop, he, he ships them. <laughs> <laughs> he ships them from his house. No, he's but he works on the. He's in the shipping oh. at Sub Pop. He like works oh, over there. Oh yeah, like he literally, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> he really claims that uh, that he's exactly where he wants to be. That they did exactly the music they wanted, and they didn't have any expectations. But man, those Mud Honey yeah. records are great. They're great records. Yeah, all those guys. Um, so they must Brad have looked, and all those people. They must have looked up to you. They must, you must have gotten there. And we thought like, they were going to think we were just old, stupid, big hair, Hollywood bullshit dinosaurs, <laughs> you know. And we were wrong. We were happily wrong about that because, you know, they were like Jerry Cantrell uh-huh. was like, um, you know, he was like, okay, let's play. You know, we should jam, man. We yeah, should jam. Yeah. It's like. How do you play the beginning of Mistral Wind? You know, which is so perfect because he's the king of dissonance. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like stuff like Check My Brain and mm-hmm. oh, I love his stuff. I love the Alice. But he Chains. wanted to learn the licks. Yeah, he's like, How do you play that? And oh, I was like, wow. wow. That's cool that you like that. You know, because they they kinda like gave us the hall pass on the kind of the the corporate eighties. Stuff and the MTV kind of well, yeah, but it's stuff. weird because uh, I mean, what's astounding is how many hits you actually did have, you know, in the eighties. Yeah, but, it's true. But those seventies records, I mean, no one can touch those. I mean, no one can <laughs> judge those. I mean, I listen to that thing, 
and it was like just under the wire where the production was still clean. You didn't yeah. have those weird drum sounds. Everything had its place. Oh God, those drum sounds! You know, they were triggered. The old the, in the eighties, you mean? In the eighties, yeah. yeah. But, but the drum sounds went in, in the natural room. Yeah, like Dreamboat Annie. Like that was yeah. like uh, it was also clean. Even the synth sounded reasonable. Yeah. No, I mean, it was an audiophile album, too, yeah. as it turned out. And that, that little studio, where we thought it was huge when we first went there to to record, but it's little can base in Vancouver, B.C. was the, the room. Vancouver, how'd you, like, yeah. what, what, well, let's start, let's, well, I, first, let's, talk, I want to talk about this new record really quick, because now you didn't, who's singing with you on Daughter? That's me. Just you? Yeah. Oh, I thought that I heard another voice under there harmonizing. No? That was me kind of doubling and oh, tripling oh, and stuff. Okay. And uh, here's the surprise for me was you did you did Paul Simon's The Boxer. Yeah. With Sammy Hager. I'm like, Sammy, it's not, <laughs> it's not even a rocking, it's not a rocking song. It's kind of a folk tune, you it's know. It's a folk tune. You, where'd you, <laughs> what, how does Sammy Hager end up on your record? Uh, well, well, we're buddies for one thing. He's, Are you from like way back? A, or? For from a while back, my hu- my husband Jeff and him are f- way back. Okay, they're okay. Bay Area guys. Right, from way way. So back. wait, Jeff, your husband your, is in the music business. He was in the film and music business. Yeah. Okay. Um, f- music first, and then what uh, band? Um, no, he was he was a record guy. Okay. Okay. Cool. First with a couple of different companies, and then he was a Fox okay. guy doing uh, series and film and stuff. Okay, Fox. producing. Yeah. Okay. Producing and. Um, music director Jeff what? Bywater Okay So he's buddy yeah. with Sammy So he has old buddies with Sammy So you hang out with Sammy sometimes So I've done some um, <laughs> benefits with Sammy before For his <laughs> oh, yeah. annual, you know uh, Hospital for kids with cancer kind of thing And, yeah. you know, he brings in all these like great players And, you know, we have we just don't do it almost every year He's So he's like, okay, dude, I you owe me one uh-huh. I've got this album I'm working on So... Um, here's this rock song that I, it's actually not on the album yeah. now, but it's being used for sporting placements right now. It's called Get Ready to Rock, you mm-hmm. know? And he's, I said, do you want to, want to put a vocal on? And he's like, that's just way too expected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, what else you got? And I guess, well, what do you think <laughs> about something really unexpected like uh-huh. the boxer? Yeah. He goes, I love that song. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So his energy on that. I think it's really... Yeah, it's, it's it, definitely not how you hear Sammy Hagar usually. Like, oh, the know. last time I saw him, I think it was on the Red Tour. <laughs> when he was, I remember he did... What was that song, Bad Motor Scooter? Was it a Montrose song where he yeah. plays that lap steel? And he's just... Yeah. He, I remember him just sitting on top of this riser <laughs> with that lap steel just going... Oh, and I'm like, all right, what he's, am I doing here? He's incredible. I mean, there's only one of him. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the um, and also I like the the tune that Duff and uh, Taylor Hawkins played on. Now, how do you? Duff's a great guy. Duff is a really great guy. So is Taylor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They both seem like really nice guys. Yeah. I don't know Taylor. I've I've actually talked to Duff, but um, but that song's a, that's a good tune. How'd you get those guys? Well, I went and sang on Taylor's solo album before the shutdown mm. um, on a song called "Don't Look at Me That Way," on his album which is great, called yeah. Get the Money. And um, I said, okay, well, now I'm, I've am i moved up to Northern California now, and I'm starting to make a record because there's a shutdown. So you got anything laying around? Oh. And he said, yeah, well, I've got this jam me and Duff did. So that's their mm-hmm. tune? 
So that's their their jam. Oh, okay, okay. I took it and cut it into little pieces and spliced it back together and wrote the rest of it. You know, oh, great. Sang it, but um, it just it was an energy thing that I was looking for too. Yeah, no, it definitely rocks. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, the whole album sounds it sounds clean. The production is nice. Thanks. There's some rockers, some folky ones. I mean, it sounds like a, you. It's home baked productions by you know for sure. But it's did you produce them all yourself or did you have someone over there? Oh, I you produced did. it. Yeah, you just sat at home and did it? I just made all the calls. I just you yeah, know, delegated. Yeah. I had somebody recording it, and I sent it to my guy in Denver, Yeah, who put it in the Dropbox, right. who then sent it to all my Seattle players, who then sent it around among themselves. And that's how it was all put together? And then that's how it was put together, all remotely. That's crazy. Nobody in the same room ever at the but same did time. You, no, but did you Zoom with people, or did you actually... Did you actually... No, we... Uh, well, we just played a lot you... together in heart, mainly, right. and so who did? Oh, your me band. and all these yeah, guys yeah, in yeah. Seattle, right? Um, that I really know how to play. We've played a lot together, and we played the whole last fifty-eight shows of, on the Heart tour together. So anyway, we had the unspoken language of just yeah. knowing how to play oh, with yeah, these yeah. guys, and so then we went. It came back to me for the approval, and here's the notes I give, and then send it back to them, and replay this part or do th- add that thing. Yeah, and so then back to me to approve this, oh, and wow. then and back to uh, Denver to rough mix it, back to me to approve it. Yeah, and it's like this part. This thank this God that. The, we had the pandemic. Just, you had plenty of time. You were hanging well, out, waiting. It took to do the it. whole year, you know. So was it really was it really born out of the time that you had because of this situation? Yeah, I think I think you know, being in a, a regular year in heart, yeah, we would have been so busy and always playing catch up to where you, you know you're always late somehow for mm. something, and or stuck in traffic somehow, you know, and um, being kind of shut in in this new place that we moved to with an actual music space for my own self Yeah, for the first time ever. Oh, really? Um, I left all my guitars out, and I made all the racket I wanted to make, you know? So you got a studio at home. So, yeah. That's great. And just a little interface with six tracks. Uh-huh. A friend of mine can run better than I can. But, yeah, just... um. You know, we cobbled it together. Yeah. But it sounded it sounds really good to me like it was in the same room at the same time somehow. It does sound good. And the, the <laughs> amazing thing is is that your guitar playing is like you. You know, like there's a couple of tunes even on the opening tune where you're like, "Oh, there's that guitar sound." Oh, nice. It's it's really amazing how, you know, some people have a you know, it's so familiar somehow, but it's a feel that 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 is uniquely yours, it feels like. I love that because I talk a lot about guitar players and when you know who it is yeah you know that's a really cool thing it is you know their style yeah it's oh that's david gilmore you know or yeah you know that's exactly david gilmore's playing nobody plays exactly but it's interesting because that's like like you can usually hear it in leads but i can hear it in your you know picking yeah i kind of approach it like a percussion instrument yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm not shy with the acoustic yeah you know? it's great what, what is <laughs> I that beat the shit out of it. Hey, that's good <laughs> at times and it, and it and it still rocks it's like yeah that i didn't even recognize when i pulled that i've got like i've actually got the mobile fidelity master half half speed master of of dreamboat oh, wow. annie for some reason really yeah i'm not sure where i picked it up but it sounds so good but like they still have the label of that label that you recorded on that what was it mushroom records mm-hmm what that I've never seen that label before. What is that? You're kidding. Well, no, I mean I never noticed oh. it before. No, that was the the mushroom label that we first 
um, put out our first album. Were they like a big label? The little Canadian guys. Like, oh. They were just like a kind of a underground right. Canadian, you know, okay, Vancouver so not, label. So how does it, but, but you guys are Seattle people. Right. Well, we went to Vancouver because, or originally because Ann fell in love with a draft evader who went, was in Vancouver. Was he in the band? He was the brother of the guitar player in the band. So this band, like, because I know <laughs> I realized something last night that you and Anne and the sort of songwriting that that makes that band, like the the other cats in the band, they're they're great. But it seemed like it felt like they'd been playing around like bars and stuff for a long time. <laughs> I like there, yeah. I had this moment where I'm like, if it wasn't for these women. These guys would have just been a bar kind, band. Kind of a bar band. Oh, my God. Is that well, true? Yeah. Well, I guess I'd have to say yeah, but, I mean, you know, that's not the best compliment you could give a, a band. No, no, but, no, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, like... You guys are the ruffle shirts and stuff, you Well, know? yeah, right, right. And, and then I saw a picture of, uh, you know, I guess, who was the uh, the original guitar player? Roger Fisher. Roger Fisher, right, with, yeah. a, with playing the guitar with a bow. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, so... You know that that's sort mm-hmm. of a Jimmy Page thing. Like it was something yeah. to me that, like yeah. somebody who was trying to be somebody else would do. Right, kind of derivative. You know? Well, yeah, but like you know, it looks good. It looks yeah. good, but if it's Jimmy Page, it really looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but so, how do you hook up with all these guys? How does that all happen? Well, they um, they were getting they had got a band sort of started with Anne as their singer. In, Are you guys getting along right now? We're, we're you getting, and Anne? Well, we don't do a lot of. Uh, communication right now okay because we're both doing different projects but not because you're mad no i'm not really mad okay. no All i right. mean i mean you know right. but uh <laughs> it's a sister thing i get it i get it but uh no i love her and you know there's times there's a time for all things in our relationship sure. and this is just this time doing this it. and not yeah. doing that yeah but uh they had a thing going with Anne. And called and they called it heart, and then Anne fell in love and went to Vancouver. Oh, she she yeah. hitchhiked. So so this guy splits because he's about to get drafted. Yeah, he, and he and this is like the early seventies. Evaded the draft in, in draft dodger. He split to Canada, old school. Yeah, and so the Anne followed him up. Yeah, and the band followed Anne because nobody sings like Anne. Right. So then I when I took a couple, a year and a half of college before I jo- I knew I was going to join. Mm. The long-standing, you know, open invitation of all time. Yeah, but I, I, I wanted to like not be the little kid sister shadow of Anne either. So yeah. I kind of got my, you know, I kind of opened some new doors for myself, and like, then I went. Then I went up to Vancouver. What'd you open? I went. I went to like creative writing stuff. Oh. I had. A, I didn't even choose like a major. I, I took German. Really? Because the the Beatles sang in German. On that one, song. yeah, they <laughs> couple they, songs, right? There's a whole album of them singing in German. I think. I think there's a few songs. Yeah, I know for that sure. Much. Yeah, yeah, because for <laughs> the German release, they did it of the, like the first or second record, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to hold your hand. There's yeah. definitely a German. Come give me thine hand. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. That's but, what did it. That's yeah, what. It's that's not why the, I took the Beatles German. didn't make you want to play guitar. They made you want to take a German class. Or both. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but anyway, so. The 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 band really cut got going in Vancouver. We became the number one cabaret act in Vancouver. Vancouver's a great town. It's a and, really great town. Uh, and also, like, 
like I'm not knocking Canadian music, but I could see like there <laughs> if you rock in Canada, you're going to be celebrated. Do you know? <laughs> you know? No, what I, mean? I know. I mean, we had big crowds that came to big clubs there. Because like, what was the other band? Like Rush. Rush for sure. Yeah, they're big. But Canadian, then there was like Anne Murray. You know, right? And Bachman com- Turner Overdrive, BTO, right? They're yeah. Canadian, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, you know, we were we were big fish in little pond kind of thing. But who? How long had you been playing guitar when you when you started? Playing? I started but when I was about nine. Oh, so you play your whole life? Yeah. And Anne never played. No, she plays. She does. She's right? a pretty good guitar player. She plays bass and flute. Right. Okay. You know, so I couldn't remember if they you guys did it on stage. If she plays, on she stage. plays occasionally on stage when yeah. she, when her fingernails don't get too long. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys grew up playing together. Yeah, we had little bands. We recruited like girls from the choir. We had little folk bands. Really, we played at you know little people's parties uh-huh. and little you know many many living rooms. Were your folks musical or? Totally, totally musical family. Really? What were they, what did they, they do? My mom played piano. Our dad was a singer. They're both in choirs. Oh, he, yeah? He was in a barbershop quartet. Oh, really? Acapella um, crew? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they had music all the time on the radio, on the stereo and on the reel-to-reel, like Barbara Streisand. They had, you know, Ray Charles, uh-huh. Aretha Franklin, yeah. Patti Page, you know, just um, music in the house. Just music, classical music. How many kids? Opera there's music. Three of you? Three girls. And, and, she, and I'm the littlest. And there's a middle one? Anne's the middle, and Lynn, our oldest, is the oldest. And uh, so we'd go around singing three-part harmonies uh, all the time. Yeah, and our yeah. family, aunts, aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins, we'd go to the beach house in the summer. Yeah. You know, do the... Do the campfire songs. And oh wow! And so what? Ukuleles and stuff. And what part of Seattle did you grow up in? Bellevue. Outside really, that's of, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's become a city now, but it, it was, was big. Yeah, it was kind of industrial, right? Yeah. Or, or kind of uh, a sub, kind of like a suburb, but a there, suburb. There's water there, right? Yeah. There's there's yeah. a lake or two yeah. around there. There's a lot of water, and it comes out of the sky all the time. Yeah, I know. I, I've met. <laughs> I, uh, I've been with two. Uh, Two loves of my life were Seattle women. Oh no way! Yeah, did you ever live up there? No, but I've I've been up there a lot. I used to go up there a lot. I definitely know Seattle, and I've done a lot of yeah. shows up there. I've always loved it. I always pictured myself living in that part of the world at some point because it's really kind of an enchanting place. It I guess is enchanting. You, That's a good word for that place. You know, because of that intensity of the, the just the 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 weight of those mountains and those trees and that sky. And when you go even more north into oh, Vancouver, yeah, yeah. it gets bigger, like the gauge of the mountains and the gauge of yeah. the wa- water. I love Vancouver. And the sky gets bigger too. You know, I was ready to run. I didn't, I wasn't sure yeah. if I was going to figure out how to get out of here. I oh. kept, with the last four years, I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I always thought about Vancouver. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, they closed. They're like, no Americans. Oh, and I'm like, I know. oh, no, we're fucked. There's no getting out. Oh, I know. I know. We were like, do we maybe, could we maybe think about moving to Vancouver? You yeah. Know? They kind of made it harder. They did, sure. I tried to go to school in Vancouver, and they changed it then because of the Vietnam War was happening. Oh, People were defecting up right, to, right. to Canada. Now all it's time. because there's too much foreign investment. So they tax, oh. I think they put a 15% tax on anybody buying anything. Right, it's way more expensive if you're going to try to buy there. Exactly. Yep. 
That's... And I don't know what the what the border is like now with the COVID. I'm not sure. I guess things will start opening up. I think they have to now. Sure. I mean, as long as they're getting their vaccinations on time yeah. or in some timely fashion. Sure. So what did your dad do there in Bellevue? Um, well, he retired from the Marine Corps. Oh, Marine dad. Marine dad. So my with mom three was, daughters. Wow. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Nobody to watch football with. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, he was, he, he kind of decided after his lifing, lifelong career in the military, yeah. plus his dad and his brother too, um, he retired as a major and then he decided he wanted to take a total left turn and become an English teacher. Oh, interesting. So he went back to school. He became a teacher. Yeah. And he's wrote like short stories and he wrote cool stuff and, you know, read out loud for the blind and did all these really cool things wow. with his peacetime. Yeah. So, and a funny guy, I mean, you know, super yeah. funny. Did he, was he in combat? Yeah, he was in some big combat. He was in Guam. He was in South Pacific. Oh, he was yeah. in some big action. Big WW2 action. Yeah. Yeah. Feet on the ground, the, running up the yeah, beach. Yeah, boots on the ground. Boots on the ground, running yeah. Running up those beaches. Wow. And, you know, not being able to talk about it ever again kind of stuff. Really? He's like one of those guys? Like yeah. PSTD, for sure. Really? You know, sometimes he'd he'd wake up in a sweat and... yeah. Grabbing the the poster on the bed and just like ah oh really yeah wow. he he saw some really nasty horrible stuff I'm sure and yeah I'm sure that played into his desire to give back yeah I think so he yeah. was he was going to be a higher more higher educated kind of person you know which there's nothing ever wrong with that no and, and he, your folks are always supportive of the rock and roll they kind of really were um, they were really cool parents they they. They 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 kind of got hip to the the human potential movement of the late sixties. Oh yeah, and became more like um, you know youth group sort of uh, you know small groups and big groups talking about relevant stuff with younger kids uh -huh. and counselors. And so my our house was like kind of like all of our friends could come and with the permission of their parents they oh, yeah. could they could party there yeah. or have wine yeah. or have a cigarette or nice. something else and groovy yeah well, yeah the groovy house groovy, groovy house uh, groovy folks they adopted a lot of my friends like kelly who i mentioned earlier yeah who did pearl jam forever but yeah so they were they got very groovy in the human potential era and um when it when I had gone to college a little bit and then came back and said, I'm going to join the band, you know. Yeah. How old were you? I was 19, 18, 19. Crazy. Something so like you're that. 19 and you go up to Vancouver and you guys, within a year, you do Dreamboat Annie? Pretty much. <laughs> wow. That's pretty much what happened. It, maybe it took about, about a year to do the clubs and to make the album and then release it. To me, that album and, and, and certainly those first four albums or the three albums that were done in the 70s, like, they define the time, you know? And, and you know, there was stuff going on earlier, obviously, and I don't know exactly on the timeline who your contemporaries were, but for me, that was, like, that was rock music at the time of that, of 1976 right. or whenever that came out. That right. was that was huge rock music. Yeah. Well, who were you guys listening to? I mean, who were your, I, you know, what was driving you? Were you, were you guys playing covers? Where, where was your head at? Well, we were playing covers and trying to learn how to 
write songs, mm-hmm. but we were listening to a lot of Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, a lot of Led Zeppelin. Okay, you know Deep Purple makes sense. Beatles, yep. Stones, yeah, all the singer songwriters from Laurel Canyon. You know, Joni Mitchell. Um, so all of those elements were just part of who we wanted to become. But that folk mix with the rock, that's real yeah. Zeppelin-y, right? Yeah, it is. You're like, you we know, we can see, go back and forth. I got to see them a couple times. Up there in Seattle or in Vancouver? In Seattle. In Seattle. When it, you were young? Yeah. In high school? Yeah. Well, no, I think it was right after, right around that time. Oh, really? But How great was them, that? Them live was insane. Yeah. And then they would come out front and line up their stools and just sit on the stools and do going to California oh, acoustic, you know. Right. Then they'd go back and they'd just rock, you know, like only Zeppelin could. And That must have been awesome. It was pretty amazing. So you saw them like in the early, mid-70s. Yeah, when their first couple albums were out. Oh, my God. Live. So that must have been such a mind-blower. Do They would do like a no-quarter yeah, with the the green lasers uh, all spread out up right above everyone's heads, yeah, yeah, and all the smoke in the room, uh-huh, you know, yeah. which was swirling in the laser lights, yeah, and it was so trippy and cool. Who did most of the songwriting on that first record? Was that you and your sister? Yeah, me and Anne. Who who came up with that those riffs? Was that you, or was that Fisher? Well, Roger Fisher. Came up with some of the great riffs too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, da, 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 da. That's that's Fisher. Yeah, but yeah. it was you know my chord progression. But yeah, yeah. he got the right, right. He, yeah. he sewed it together with sure, a great riff. Sure. And yeah, he had a lot of great stuff like that that he contributed to the songs. Um, you know, they 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 wouldn't call it songwriting these days. Right. That's more arranging, but but it's. But it's cool. It really worked. Yeah. Stuff like Barracuda really worked. Yeah. Was that you? Roger kind of came up with that by ripping off another song that Nazareth covered, a Joni Mitchell song called This Flight Tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were pissed. Were they? Did he rip off the harmonics from Yes? Bing. No, I think that was kind of a, his thing. Oh, it you know, was? Which was really cool. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the tone of that, you know, that... Well, both the, like, it really worked. It was sort of like a, a stone sing, but that sort of the compliment, the two vastly different tones of the rhythm and the and the, yeah. and the crunchy lead. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like, I love that shit. It's, Everybody's you know, well represented. There's a lot of tubes in that shit. Yeah. You can hear the tubes. You can hear the dirt in it. Sure. Which is... One of the things I love about distortion and big rock guitar playing, you know. And how how are you with the like with the equipment? I mean, do you get are are you nerdy or do you kind of commit <laughs> to a? Do you I don't have a really setup? I don't really like tech talk much. Right. Yeah. I don't quite a kind of go. I, what I, don't I love You're is not a gear head or not a gear person. But I have a Fender Deluxe amplifier. And the 1963 Lake Placid Blue Telecaster. Oh, that's great! That I've had ever since I was. I don't know, 80, 1980, uh-huh. or something like that, uh-huh. forever. Yeah. And some of those older guitars, they just, you can't yeah. get there any other way. Yeah. So what's your, what are what are your go-to guitars? What's the, the acoustic you always go to? Well, I, I designed a guitar with Martin guitars. Really? That was the Nancy Wilson signature. Nice. And uh, based on like the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young uh-huh. style dreadnought guitars, uh-huh. a three-piece back. Oh, nice. <laughs> really cool tuners. Is that um, still around? They still make them? No, there was a limited run. Ah. So now they're really hard to get. 
fortune, I, I bet. But I had, I think I have about four. Of the Nancy of Wilson Martin signature? Yes. And then I gave, like, Anne one, and I gave my friend Sue one, and I gave another friend. So if I ever run out, you got I'll them. just take theirs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not using them, right? Or are they using them? They're, they are they love them, yeah. But they don't use them like I would use them. Yeah, if you if you're in need, they'll give you back. If I'm too. if I'm ever in dire need, so I know when, where to go. When you started to like on that first record in Canada, so did it just blow up? Did you guys get thrown into? Were you? Did you all of a sudden were you opening for major rock acts? How did that happen? Well, well, not exactly because we were still like, you know, the, there's a Canadian content law in Canada that if something's created in Canada yeah. that there's a certain percentage of airtime that it gets yeah. because it's Canadian right. technically even though we're not we lived there we had a residence there and we recorded there so we got some airplay yeah um but we were also still playing in clubs um and it's this one club in particular that's called uh Lucifer's yeah which was a kind of a, a, a of a real uh, sketchy din- dinner club, uh-huh. kind of a disco meets rock meets dinner, right? Kind of a club, yeah, sure, that and kind of place. S- and we uh, we hated the food. And one night, you know, Anne says, "Hey, are you enjoying your Lysol flavored dinner tonight?" <laughs> and you know, we were immediately let go. We were <laughs> fired. You're out of here on <laughs> yeah. your ear. And the same. Pretty much the same minute, we got an offer to open for Rod Stewart in Montreal, huh. the other side of the country. Yeah. So we got so we get in the, on the sleeper train and we hightail a over a train, to, a train across the country. How long did that take? A couple days. Yeah. And then we got there to Montreal and um, got on the stage to open for Rod Stewart, and people had heard Magic Man already. In Montreal, unbeknownst to us. On the radio. On probably. the radio. Uh-huh. And they all started lighting up their lighters. Oh. And we were like, what's going on? Wow. And it was like one of those really super magical things yeah, that yeah. you just, it's like pennies from heaven. You know, you're just yeah. like, oh my God. Did you guys did you guys nail it that night? Well, we did because we were so, you know, we're just wonderstruck by the whole situation. Yeah. First time on a huge stage. Uh-huh. Really a big stage. Yeah. You know, there was room on the stage to move. Right. For a change. <laughs> so you got to figure you out how to You could actually move. walk around, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then they, these people were so there with us and we're like, oh my, this is so great. This is like, this could be the future, you know. Yeah. And it kind of became the future. That's astounding. And, yeah. and in the sense that like... You know, you're kind of thrown into that. I mean, yeah. I guess you weren't green, but you certainly didn't know. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know how to work a big stage or, you was, know. Did you, was Rod Stewart nice? He was great. He yeah. was really great. Because he was huge then, right? He was massively huge then. He's always huge, I think. He's always been huge. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. He's been what a voice. You yeah, know? yeah. I love yeah. him. Um, but really sweet to us I was like, hey, you guys, you're pretty good, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're doing, you're doing fine already. <laughs> you know, for a bunch of green greenlings, That's you know, nice. sprouts. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And then what happens? That small label. Did you have trouble with them? Eventually, yeah. yeah. We were opening for more people like ZZ Top, which they would call ZZ Top. Really? ZZ Top in Canada because that's Z is a Z. 
Oh, okay. In their alphabet. Okay. Um, and Billy Gibbons said, hey, you're not so bad for a little girl. You know, you're going to play pretty good for a girl. <laughs> and so you're opening up for ZZ Top in the- April Wine was another Canadian act that we opened for. Oh, and what was their big hit? Uh, Nick Gilder. Nick Gilder. April Wine. What was that? Uh, what was that? Was it, is she, she's a roller. Yeah. yeah. A high roller. Oh, baby. how do you remember she that? Is. Was that them? Yeah. I think it was. Pretty sure. Hmm. They had a huge guy, like paper mache man with a top hat. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Like a, some kind of Nick leprechaun. Nick Gilder. Nick Gilder was Nick sort Gilder. Of, that was hot sort of child in, in the, the city. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Running wild and looking pretty. Yeah, but like ZZ Top, they were a band, man. Oh, right? they, you know, they were always so, they were fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they're just such heavy dudes. They're heavy dudes. But nice guys, you know. Really nice guys. You know, real grounded in some weird way. And, but and, hysterical yes. at the same time. But that was, so you're opening for them in the late 70s, so that's be, but that's before the beards. So that's when they were really kind of. You know, that was like Tush and, you know, LaGrange yeah. and... Uh, LaGrange. Yeah, and, uh, you know... The, yeah, like, that's right. Uh, like, drive, arrested for driving while blind and like... Oh, all yeah, the, yeah. Ding, wow. Ding, 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 yeah. yeah, the yeah. shuffle stuff that they did. That must have been a blast. What a sound they have. So they, when, when you guys are working with these guys, I mean, do they treat you well? I mean, because you guys are like... Royalty. I mean, hard. <laughs> you were the like the the pioneers of modern <laughs> rock music of women being of doing it. I, I don't know, know that anyone's I done know. it quite like you guys. No, we were just like military brats who probably were young enough when we started uh-huh. that we didn't really have any kind of sexual identity attached to it. We were right. just these tomboys wanting to be like be the Beatles, not date the Beatles, but be the Beatles. Sure. You know, and do. Do more harmony stuff and do more stuff like Zeppelin with acoustics and electric. And yeah. Kind of crafting a, a sound for ourselves that was more kind of poetry and rock. But and it's interesting. So you never thought of yourself as this is girl music, this is women music. We're just going to do music. Yeah. We're going to do rock music. We're just going to do rock music. Yeah. It was not, you didn't well, feel because, like you had to put on a sexual act or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. the 80s, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Those big hair pictures, the man. Big hair pictures. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when Anne, before I was in the 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 club band that yeah. Anne was in first, yeah, um, she she was relegated to be the chick singer and do all the ballads okay. at first, right? Okay, but then she said, "I want to try some Zeppelin stuff," so she tried, you know, ah, yeah, 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 and she she everybody kind of went, "Oh shit," you know, well, like yeah, yeah. she can do that. She's in the same range as Robert Plant, so she yeah. can do the Robert Plant thing. Oh, wow, yeah. Because he's singing way up there. Yeah. And she was no slouch in that area, uh-huh. and still is not. So so then her whole, you know, her whole world just opened up as a singer there that Got way. It. Yeah. So she could really rock. And, yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily just only do ballads anymore. So they, so when we all went up to Vancouver and started to be bigger in Vancouver, we were doing a lot of Zeppelin and we were doing a lot of Deep Purple and we was trying uh, to write. What Deep Purple covers? Oh, we did My Woman from Tokyo. Sure. And, 
uh, Highway Star, which oh, is yeah. a really good one. I'm a highway star. Nobody's going to take my car. I'm going to visit to the ground. It's the rock and roll accent. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I saw Bruce Springsteen, and I kind of grew up with Bruce Springsteen until more... Um, on the radio, and he was and that's the rock and roll accent. You couldn't even tell right. exactly what what <laughs> is he saying. And then I saw him on Springsteen on Broadway. Oh, was that great? The shutdown, of course. Yeah. it was so good. And he, all those songs really, are so everything's so casual and yeah, very earnest, earnest, yeah. very good Catholic boy stuff. Because he's one of these guys where his public personality is, seems very genuine. And I'm not yeah. saying it isn't, but behind yeah. that, there's a bit of a dark, mad man. You I know? believe you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I know that he's suffered from some depressive sure. stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And that goes to show like how deep the songs really can get and how beautiful and human, humane, hum, human yeah. his songs, well, his you, lyrics are. You so. covered one. I, I mean, that and one. I, I that's a, why I did The Rising. You chose that one. Right. What, 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 what was the problem? Why that one? Well, because once we started, you know, coming into the 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 pandemic era yeah. that we've just hopefully getting out of soon, he he wrote that one for nine eleven. Sure, I remember. Initially. I remember when we were in New York. It was like, well, Bruce is going to save us with his song any day now. Bruce yeah. is going to deliver us. Oh, and, I know. Uh, it was quite a song, man. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. And now, just having like figured out the words and. The meaning and the meaningfulness of it today mm. with peop- so much loss around us and people, you know, mm. a 9-11 every day. You right. Know? So. <laughs> good choice then. That was a smart yeah. choice. And then coming from a woman's perspective, too, it really changed the, I thought it really changed the the, the message of it in lots of ways to be a lot more af- affirmative, aspirational, uh-huh. nurturing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Motherly, if you will. Nice, yeah. So that that's an interesting little thing about it that I wasn't expecting to. It's a great cover. Get from it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you felt that? I felt that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because singing about Mary in the garden, the garden Mm. of a thousand sighs, Mm. that kind of thing. It's like the mother, you know. Yeah. The mother of of God, I guess. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, You know. Yeah. You know, if you're doing the Jesus route, if Jesus, you're going that way, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're hitchhiking on that, yeah. on that truck. Did you did uh, do you know Bruce? I've met him a few times. Oh, did he yeah. know you were covering it? Did you talk to him, or do you? Well, can you he, just do I, that? his uh, my people talk to his people. Oh yeah, who told our people that he really did like it a lot. Oh, that's nice. So I did the Snoopy dance about that oh. because I was just like, oh, he, he knew I was there when it, I saw him at the. Uh, at the theater uh, for the Springsteen on Broadway yeah, thing because yeah. they knew my name and where the seat was. And sure, so the he, house seats. The, yeah. And we were right there. Yeah, you know? and it, yeah. He was. He saw me kind of tearing up and pretending I wasn't crying and stuff <laughs> during, the, during the meaningful parts. Uh-huh. That's good. <laughs> but, you know, why not? <laughs> so when you're out there on the road from the get-go, I mean, did you... Like, it seems like your experiences, at least a few that you talked to me about, were... Yeah, you know, relatively supportive from the dudes. In no, general. they were pretty, pretty cool dudes. I mean, I think kind of enlightened in the way that we'd all been through the late sixties into mm-hmm. the mid seventies together. And I guess you had the goods too. Like, if you're showing up yeah. with the goods, yeah. they can't really be like, you know, hey, hey, baby. It's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, did you I know. See what we just did out there. <laughs> Don't call me baby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they uh, they were not as excited about me be, being another chick in the band when I finally did join. Uh-huh. Because it was like, oh, now we're going to just have a bunch of wimpy ballads again. Uh-huh. But um, no, I was I came to play. Yeah. And that when they figured out that I could play and, you know, I was already pretty proficient and I could do stuff like some of the Steve Howe introduction. Right. That, yeah. Yeah. That some of the Yes songs. Yeah. Had on them. You guys did some Yes covers. We did some. We did Siberian Catru. Uh-huh. We did uh, Take a Straight and Stronger Course. Right. Your move. Uh huh. Which we just actually Hart just did that again last last tour. Really, it's really a fun song to do. So you just pull some of them out, huh? Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's just like mix it up. And, Make it fresh. You know, you don't want to do too many covers if if people are coming to see you. Right. If you do too much Zeppelin or too much other you know, yeah. cover songs. but Because um, then you don't have time to do the ones that they came for, which is a good problem to have. But, yeah, we kind of always try to throw in a, a stray cover just to keep things really Lively. fresh. Lively. Like, no way. They're yeah. doing that one. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like well, the boxer. Sort I did of the like, boxer, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great song, right? What a song. Well, I mean, it's talk- I, I wasn't talking to him, but I heard Paul McCartney talk about that, about when he goes out, you know, and he does all those Beatles songs, and there's just a, you know, an arena full of uh, iPhones waving up. And then as soon yeah. as he's like, we're going to do a new one, you just see... All the phones go wah, down. Wah, wah. Yeah, like, <laughs> it must feel terrible. Like he, I mean, really, the the idea of that was was kind of daunting. Like that moment of sort of like it's not really rejection, but it kind of is. Well, it, there is a thing, you know, like you are the soundtrack of people's lives, and when the familiarity kicks right, in, sure. it's a it's a it's like a life, you know. There's my soundtrack. That's that's, that's my part story. Of my life. That's, that's yes. You know, that describes me to myself. Yes. And then there's something new. It's like, oh, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. You guys want to go get really, a beer? <laughs> <laughs> go get some t shirts. <laughs> yeah. You know. But Please uh, go get the t shirts. Get yeah. the t shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and and a beer. But also with Paul's new album, I was going to mention because it's a really a good album. Which I, one? The new one. I'm not Egypt Station. Then one after. That. No, this new brand oh, new one. Yeah. Which I oh, it's called McCartney Three. Oh, is it? Because he did McCartney and then one McCartney and Two, two and, and yeah, yeah. It's his third solo album, and he plays everything on it. And you like it? I really like it. Yeah. Have you met Paul? Yeah, I I got to meet him a couple times before one of his shows uh-huh. with his new band. Yeah. Um, and you know he's ever the Paul with the wink and the nod and really just really. as 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 wonderful as you want him to be. Quick, funny, he, yeah, quick, sweet, yeah, and just you know approachable mm-hmm. and la la la, you know, just yeah, yeah. But um, Anne was Anne had dibs on Paul. Mm. And her birthday is like the day after Paul's birthday. Oh, okay. And she played the bass, and she had a little Hofner bass and everything. Oh, so, she did. He? So I was, I, I wanted to be the John person. I wanted the John. Yeah. You know, to occupy the John space. Yeah. Because Anne was already, already had the Paul. right, sure. But you know, sometimes you kind of veer off towards George for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because when you get a little broody. Yeah, you, you get, get a little, little broody. Yeah. Or like you hear stuff like. Here comes the sun, or right. you know, or something. He's one of those guys too, where you 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 can hear like he is. He always sounds like George. Yeah, 
He's know, had his own particular accent. And always his own guitar playing, too. Like those, no, like, he's one like of those crazy. players. Yeah. Especially once he got into the slide stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's trippy stuff. So, but so all the way through, you never felt any, you know, you always felt embraced by the rock world, pretty much. Um, The rock people... Yeah. The music people in the in the music. Did you world. ever feel condescended to for being women after the hits you had? I would imagine after that first album, no <clears> one was. I don't know. I think there was there was always that kind of an attitude around about women who, you know, women who um, uppity women. Mm. You know that they're acting uppity because they think they're cool somehow, mm. and they're not, you know, kind of kowtowing to. The Almighty Man. Right. So there was, there's always that, especially in the business area right. of the music industry. That's where it becomes an industry. That's where it, <laughs> it just, it's not even magical anymore. Right. It's, it's sure. a business yeah. over there. But with inside of the business of playing music and doing music and being with musicians, it's a whole different world. I think. There's a breed of person who's a musician. Yeah, I mean, you're one of them. Mm. You know, you can you could you could sit on a bus with with your fellow musicians. Yeah. and just have a blast. Yeah, for for all day and all night. Yeah, and if if there's even any, any real serious vibes, you know, that's pretty rare. Yeah, that you actually really butt heads or argue or disagree to yeah. re- usually you just agree to disagree and you work it out yeah you guys like did you hold together as a band for the most part you know you did it seems like you did through it i mean where like you it didn't seem like it seemed like a decision where like you're, you're not going to tour you're going to tour but and it seems like there's been a lot of members have come and go yeah was there a contentiousness there was the issue of relationships within the band that was the big mistake. Oh. That was your first mistake. Because <laughs> um, Anne was in love with Mike, the guitar, the guitar player's brother, who was running the sound. Yeah, kind of the manager, right? The Svengali kind of situation. Sure. And then I kind of broke down and said yes to the guitar player, his brother. So there were two sisters, two brothers, in relationships, which got real, real messy. Yeah, and. Um, I was the one to kind of break that, break off from that. Yeah. But then I kind of fancied the drummer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was not a good idea either. Yeah. And so that's kind of where, like around 1980, around Baby Lestrange era, yeah. it started to just diverge. And it was just too, the polit- the political climate, the emotional climate was just a little Within heavy. the band. Yeah. Because everything was, was re- jealousy you, and weirdness. We should have and... like taken a cue from Fleetwood Mac, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't just you just uh, don't want to do that. Well, you got to learn your lessons, I guess. I guess. So is that in like so after that album is where uh, the guitarist left and you know yeah. everything got different. Everything got different. Um, we didn't add an extra guitar player. We just kind of kept on as we were. Uh huh. I played a little bit more lead stuff and. Yeah, filled in a little more. Yeah, and I and I guess on the on the on the business side, I mean, the one thing you guys had going for you, you know, outside of you know being great and being heart, but it was the you guys made hits. We kept on making some hits. <laughs> you know, we didn't always write them like uh-huh. when we got into the eighties in particular. Yeah, but there was 
there was kind of a law that bands like Aerosmith and Heart and, you know, these are the L.A. hit writing song, stable songwriters, and we want you to do them or we won't promote the album. Like, uh, oh, yeah, like who? Like oh. Even It Up? Was that you guys? No, that was us. Yeah. Like um, which album are you talking, which hit, which songs are you talking about? Like in the the self-titled Heart album. Oh, that was a big record. Yeah. God, I remember like, there's so many of these songs that now like Even It Up. I remember that was like, was that still the 70s or was that in the 80s? I think that was like 80. That was a big song. Yeah, it was a big song. It started out as an acoustic instrumental that I thought I was going to do. And then it turned into that song. Yeah, it was and it's a rocker. funny. Yeah. Oh, so like on the self-titled of oh, These Dreams. That was the that was a beautiful song. Big song. Written Bernie Topin wrote those lyrics actually. Yeah. And it was the last uh the last cassette in the briefcase when we were auditioning demo songs. Oh, no kidding. That we were listening That's to. That's how those guys did that? Like, because Bernie yeah. Toppin was already pretty huge. But uh, there with were Elton these, John. Right. Of course. But he had some other songs out there. Yeah, he was. He actually wrote these dreams for uh, Stevie Nicks with her in mind. Mm. I mean, you can t- sort of tell when you think of that song. Mm-hmm. It's very it gossam- does certainly ethereal sound. and gossamer. I think he was really good friends with Alice Cooper. I think so, yeah. And I think he might have written something for Alice, because I talked to That's, Alice once, because it's interesting about Alice. He wrote, yeah. There were some pretty beautiful ballads that Oh, Alice, yeah. He, that he wrote, you he know? He really did write beautiful ballads. I mean, you get this idea that he's like this massive, like, weirdo rocker. Only women bleed. That's a big song, That's a great man. song. So but, These uh, Dreams, yeah, so that was These Dreams, huge. like, this is not a heart song by any stretch of the imagination. What but, about love? But it's an interesting song. That's a big song. With Bernie Taupin's yeah. lyrics. yeah. And so I was like, wait, I love that song. I want to sing that song. So that's how it kind of came to me. Oh, yeah. Um, nobody wanted to hear Heart do a song like that. Well, well, I guess they did because it was number one, <laughs> as it turned and out. that was you. And that was my song. So, But even on the video, they kind of made it look like, which one of them was really singing it? You know? Oh, yeah. I can't <laughs> remember the video. Why'd they do that? I think they didn't want to confuse. Well, what what I was confuse told was, the fans. Yeah, That's which funny. one is singing lead on this? Uh, well, I'm sorry. You should have <laughs> been able to step right up. It hurt my feelings. It did, right? It did. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? it yeah, it's your big time. It's I didn't get you know big moment. You sang the number one hit song. I first the first number one hit, but then Anne got alone pretty c- close on its heels, and then she was she felt better after that. How did she? Yeah. How was it? Why? Oh, so that's a, so Anne's that person in that you little know, bit. You, you know. had the one hit, and that was like, what are you doing, little sister? Oh wow, know. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, what about love was on there, and yeah, you know, I remember that alone, and and that's when the big production, the eighties production, was part of it. Oh my God, there were days in the studio where there somebody would be hitting a snare. Yeah. And triggering it to another drum triggers triggered snare sound, right. and auditioning the mix between the two sounds together. I mean, come right. on! I can't. Yeah, and then, and then that that cover how, of that record. How much cocaine does it take to find a good snare sound? Well, that, a lot of people blame cocaine yeah. for the the weird sound, the compressed. Yeah. Strange sounds of '80s production. Yeah, and everything was going digital at the same time. Yeah, and the ego-driven drug of cocaine was also, you know, nobody was ever going to ever make a, a decision. Right. All day long. Just talk about just it. Just talk about it. So you guys never got <laughs> fucked up, though, huh? 
Like no not, one, not per se. I yeah. mean, we dabbled, but yeah. we were never um, in danger. Oh, that's good. We never got ourselves in danger because I think we were just too proud. Yeah, too professional. Mm. We we showed up on time. We never yeah. missed a show. And, yeah, and also, I imagine that some of that pressure is like you guys are the you guys are the women. You have to prove. You don't want to be all sloppy. No, you, you have to. You can't be a lot of miles, you know. Yeah. She's got a lot of miles on her. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to look like that. Right. It's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when did when did were you married to Cameron? Um, let's see, in 1986. Oh, so like well into until, the 80s, huh? Until yeah, until 2008. Wow, I think I like. I don't think I over 20 years. And you guys still friends? Yeah. Oh, we, that's good. We got we got a couple of kids together. How old are they now? Twenty one. That's they're wild. twin boys. That's they're twenty one. Wild. Yeah, huh? and one of them's a really good guitar player. Oh, that's good. Which is fun. That must make you happy. I haven't seen either of them since uh, Christmas time, twenty nineteen. Where are they? Because of the shutdown. Um. Well, one's in Montreal. Okay. He was going to Concordia there. Yeah. He's the guitar player. Yeah. They don't let him in and out yet. Oh, okay. So far. Okay. But uh, I get to see Billy on Friday. Is he here? He's in in the Palisades here. Oh, with Cameron. With Cameron. Yeah. I occasionally Cameron uh, emails me. Yeah. Yeah, because um, well, he I was in. You did the music for Almost Famous, right? Yep. And I think I I don't think I met you. Did I meet you on set? I, I was, might have met you. I was that. I was the angry promoter. I had one day. Oh, you were. Remember, lock the gates. Oh yes, that That's was me. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Want to buy a gate? Yeah, yeah. That's that was, a great scene. It was me when I got the little fight with Noah Taylor and yeah. No, I, I was there it. on the set. Yeah, yeah. At kinda, night. Yeah. When they they broke the gate. Yeah, with I the feel bus. like I met you. Yeah. Okay, we met. Yep. We have met before. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I I did see, <laughs> I did see you one other time since uh, Sunday Jam. Oh my. But yeah, uh, but Cameron was very uh, very nice. He was like He's a know. really wonderful person, yeah. You know, we um we had a long run and a yeah, good relationship sure. for a long time. Yeah. There was just, you know, becoming parents can be mm. the thing that right, yeah. that um wakes you up yeah. into your adult 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 time. Mm-hmm. It's adult time now. Yeah. And that's not an easy shift sure. for a lot of artistic type people. Mm-hmm. And so it happens. Divorces happen. Yeah, of course. And, but it's nice that your friends and the kids yeah. uh, know your friends and you, you, you kind of uh, had a good run and you respect each other, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I've I've still, you know, do stuff for him for his projects and like he they just reissued a they put out a red vinyl, or putting out a red vinyl um, of interviews and extras and demos for the singles film. Oh yeah, yeah. And we did. Uh, I did a bunch of demos for uh, say, I think it was for say anything for the Stillwater band that we, we kind of created. Yeah, and all this kind of stuff. I have a couple of those. I guess rarities. Are, <laughs> I, I have uh, the Still co- Stillwater record covers. That they must have oh. used on set. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, because he sent me the label. I don't know what label it is. Is does he have a record label, Cameron? Yeah, it's called Vinyl Records. Yeah, they sent me a bunch of stuff. A lot of the Kozilek stuff and yeah, you oh know, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This stuff, great. Yes, cool. He's so you got to be in the right mood. You can't be too sad. No, you <laughs> can't. You can't be bummed out. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go in, you know, up. <laughs> oh, so you that's can really true. Buffer it. <laughs> right. But he's a great singer songwriter. I think so, yeah. Fun guitar player. Yeah, I, I I definitely like that. The so. Red House Painters. 
Yep. And I like that. Yeah. And I like that the solo stuff, Sun Kill Moon. Sun and, Kill uh, Moon. And that yep. Benji record, I think, was the last thing I heard, which was really something. Well, I didn't hear that. Oh, my God. It's, wow. It's like, yeah, you really want to be fortified when, <laughs> if, when you listen to Benji. Take it's the your name happy of the record. Pill. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So now, <laughs> Hart kept making records. Now, was this, this is a, a, a question. I don't, I don't know that I asked many people, but is when you make, keep, when you keep kind of slugging away, you know? Yeah. Um, is there a point where you, where you think like, you know, I think, I don't think we got any more in us? <laughs> well, I think we reached our first lifespan after about five or six years, mm -hmm. which is the average lifespan of a rock band who then has to reinvent right. if you're going to survive, if yeah. you're going to live right. to tell. And you're aware of this. You're aware of this because you see the style change and you see the fashion change and the sound of music is changing. Uh -huh. And stylistically, you're not as cool anymore. <laughs> right. And you're kind of you're kind of lazy as you're not as burning with the desire and the inspiration to create something different and new. Yeah. Because you're tired and you've been on the road for six years. Yeah. And so all of it, all the hell and high water that went that went under the bridge, you know. And so you have to kind of, that's when we did the, the self-titled Heart album. We kind of petered out there for a little while and we kind of didn't get as, relevantly creative as we could have been, I, mm -hmm. I didn't think. Uh -huh. And so then we kind of went, oh, sh we have to... You can cuss. <laughs> we, oh, shit. Yeah. We, have to, we have to survive through this yeah. and figure this out. So that's when we started doing other people's songs. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Uh -huh. It was like bigger that was the, that was than the, the compromise. 70s. That was the compromise. Mm. And a lot of bands were doing the same thing. Sure. So, you know, we weren't the only sellouts. But yeah. <laughs> but we were still writing our own stuff, too. And, you know, and then we had huge, like, huge uh, sporting event-sized shows at that time. And huge, like, set pieces and fog and smoke and big... Tall risers like and yeah, like the you know you could run around on the stage on these risers, yeah. and, you know, like uh, be you know make a spectacle out of yourself. Is that exciting? It was hard. <laughs> I think it was harder <laughs> uh -huh. to do it that way because MTV had that. There was an expectation to kind of be like a big MTV uh -huh. video kind right. of thing uh -huh. and to look the part. But you, you're pulling good numbers on the road. Right? Yeah, we've pulled in huge numbers yeah. and made huge money yeah. more than before. But it was a lot harder yeah. personally to mm. live behind all that big, huge, yeah. the hugeness of it all. Sure. But, you know, there's always something to complain about. I mean, what what am I, bragging or complaining, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, yeah, but I mean, it, it is sort of the journey of an artist that... Yeah. To recognize, you know, what made you and then to realize that, you know, you've grown out of something and, yeah. you, and you want to or have to adapt. It's better yeah. to want to than to have to. But yeah, yeah. I guess after a certain point. That's you, a point there. Yeah. You don't really know, you know, what are you going to do if you don't do this? So, right. you know, right. and you got a lot of years ahead of you. So you kind of figure it out. Yeah. You adapt. Yeah. And, yeah. and And also like now, I mean, I guess there's a certain point where. 
you know, it's okay to, to sort of lean on the catalog and bring people joy mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, have fun with the fans because they're, they've got, most exactly. of them have got to be like my age. Yeah. You know, but Oh, God, it's yeah. The, and there's kids w- that come with their parents. Sure, yeah. That were the original Hart fans, you know, and the younger people are kind of starting to discover Hart. Right, but it's like- From that, the 80s on, sort of. But still, like, I mean, I got to, like, up until a few years ago, I mean, I don't know what, what radio, I mean, you guys, just on, still on- uh, on ASCAP, you, you, I mean, you're, there's about 10 heart songs that have got to be in constant rotation. Uh, yeah, there's got to be. Classic hit stations, if they still exist, or on uh, yeah. satellite radio in those classic oh, yeah. hits. I mean, in the dentist's office, you know. Well, wherever, in the but elevator. like Magic Man, Barracuda, the ele- uh, all of them. Yeah, the elevator. Sure, but it's not Muzak. But no, it is, I know, uh, I know, I know. Um, but that's what was my thing. I always said, well... When I hear myself in the elevator, I know I'm going to have made it. You know, I would have made it. <laughs> it would have been over. <laughs> if, you, if you hear yourself in the elevator, not only did you make it, but you're on the other you're side. Over. Of you're over. It's all over for you. <laughs> Especially if it's the music version oh, yeah, right. of this, these dreams, which I actually own. That. You do? I own a cassette. Of that? Of the music yeah. version? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you did a beautiful cover of that uh, Cranberry song on the new record. Oh, thanks. Yeah. What a great choice. Thank you. I was riding around in the car with Jeff and just came on the radio. Dreams. Yeah, yeah. dreams. And it, he says, you and Liv should do a duet on that song. I'm like, okay. Liv also, Warfield. I shall, shall be. Yeah. It shall be. She, you, You've played with her a lot, right? Played with her a lot in my last um, other band, Roadcase Royale. Where did she come from? Her name's Liv Warfield. I, yeah. I'm not totally familiar. She came from the camp of Prince oh, okay. and her guitar player, who's also now in heart, Ryan Waters, who was from the camp of Prince. Okay. Um, he's in Seattle. She's in uh, in uh, Chicago. Okay. Because um, her hub- hubby works there. So she's there, but um, I'm going to bring her to a show that we're going to do in Seattle with all my guy, my bandies. Yeah, uh, with the Seattle Symphony. Oh, really? When's that? Uh, that's going to be July the ninth. That seems like when everyone's going to start going out again. Yeah, July seems to be the month. It does seem to be. Yeah. By then, we might just be right. In the clear, like, I think we get the variants and all, all the booking agents have been chomping at the bit. Oh just God! Like, when's right. It's going to. It's like are we July? You going with July? Let's go with July. We're going with July. Yeah. You know, we, we don't care if we go all the way through the the winter after that. Exactly. As so long as it's not a Canadian tour. Mm. But uh. Yeah, she's gonna come and sing with me for that, and and we've in Roadcase Royale with Liv and with Ryan, we did a bunch of heart songs too. We opened for Bob Seger. Bob for, Seger, how's he doing? I heard he wasn't well. Oh, well, he got he he got injured, and so we could we had to get, go off the road. We could, mm. we had to like quit the tour, but um, but his, his brain's I okay think now. He's good. Okay, he it was more of like a. A skeletal spine, okay, neck situation, okay, but old injury or something that flared back See, up. See, like you guys are sort of like in terms of his like big time. You guys are sort of contemporaries, weren't you? Yeah, I we mean, were, like like night moves yeah. must be around the time of Dreamboat Annie, right? Somewhat, I guess. I guess it feels like it. It feels like it was to me too. And same with that first Aerosmith album was I mean, I was a little earlier, probably. Let's see. Yeah. This- that's a good question. Like Dream On seems to be in that zone too, but it feels like oh, 76. 76. Night like, Moves. 
Night moves. That's exactly right. Spot huh. on. Wild. Wow. Because I just think of uh, of uh, you know what right. was on yeah. the radio. Because I was in I was in high school. Yeah. See, Dream On's earlier. That's seventy three. Right. Right. There were so many cool songs at that in that era, and you know Pink Floyd all over the place with Pink Floyd. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. Those records are like I still oh. listen to. Uh, I listen to Animals. I listen mm. to Wish You Were Here. I actually I li- love Wish You Were Here. Oh yeah. So much. I listen to the other one, the uh the the big one uh with money on it. What is that one called? Dark Side uh, of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I, one. I, I that one, the biggest record selling of all time. Oh, all yeah. time That's ever. That's my mind. Have you seen the uh Gilmore at the uh, Royal Albert Hall? I saw some of it, yeah. So good. Yeah. And at the Pompeii. Yeah. Live at Pompeii. Yeah, I like the way he plays guitar. I didn't realize how much of uh, Peter Green he kind of took. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, like I, I can n- see that. Yeah, I never really realized that that kind of minor bluesy thing right. that, that Peter did. Because like, I, I noticed that Gilmore was on that tribute to Peter. And I'm yeah, like, oh, of that's course. Right. I didn't see that. I because like, Gilmore's all fucking, it's just basic blues riffs. Man. Yeah, it, but he has his own- With weight to it, yeah. Stylistic yeah. sentence he always adds to it. So yes. One where he goes, woo woo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he adds that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Almost every time, yeah. here or there, just so enough to, so that you recognize, oh, that's uh, David Gilmore. So there's something beautiful about the opportunity of- the pandemic in a way that lets you kind of bring it all back home and, yeah. you know, and get focused on your own stuff and do it in an intimate way, you know, to yeah. get out of the, the kind of massive heart machine. Yes. The big metal horse. And are you ready to go back? Are you going to do dates or what? I, Is that happening well, in July? That That's a, that's a solo thing in July. No, I, I know. I know. But like, where's the... Maybe with some... Well, it'll be streamed and it'll be hopefully more than one place. Yeah. You're not going to do a live venue? No, venues. it's a live venue. Okay. But it's, is there a heart plans in the future? Well, there's an offer on the table for heart mm. for 2022, mm. which could be really fun. How does that package, what do they say? When when heart goes out now, is it usually like it's going to be you and another? Yeah. And a, That's the packaging thing is the, like the way they all, always do now. With and, the with the bands of uh, your time? Yeah, like Chrissy Hind probably would be. Oh. The one we go out with next time. That'd be time. great. We were planning on it before. She's got a good band usually. Oh, she's really good. Really good. She is, man. She's intense. I've always really loved her stuff. Great talking to you. Oh, really good to talk to you, and, too. Uh, and I love I love the record. And, uh, and you, your music has been an important part of my life, and it was a real honor. Such an honor to talk to you, too. And thank you for having me on here. Oh. I... I'm glad you came in person. I'm sorry I've, I talked a little too long, never, too much. Never, About too many things. It's great. This is what we do here. We're um, doing, I have permission. Yes. Yeah. Permission to rock. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Thank and you. And now you so have permission much. to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy Wilson, wasn't that amazing? I loved it. That was very, it was cool. You know, junior high me was very excited. And and current me was also very impressed and excited. The new album is called You and Me. It's out this Friday. You can get it wherever you get your music. Sorry, no music today. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I forgot. Maybe I did. I, I think I, I threw my harmonica in the bag in case. Because I, I didn't want to. Didn't I? Hold on. And, oh, no. 
I thought I did. Hold on. I found it. Monkey, La Fonda, Cat Angels everywhere.